Hello, everybody. Welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so glad you tuned into this broadcast today. You are in for it. For the last couple of weeks, we've been bringing you a message that my wife Sarah preached right here at Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. It's a message she called Set Up for Success. Now, today is part three. It's the last part of this message. And man, you need to pay attention to this. She has covered some important ground already. So if you missed anything leading up to this, over the last couple of weeks of broadcast, then go back and get it. It's all available to you for free at pearsonsministries.com. But listen to this and listen to it over and over and over because she's talking about things from the word of God that set you and I up to prosper in this life to succeed in this life. And she has talked about two things already that set you up for big time success in this life. She said, your seed sets you up for success. What you sow has the ability to reproduce after its own kind, and it's a setup for success in this life. But she also talked about some things that keep the seed from succeeding, and you need to hear this. It's so important. She talked about your submission. Who you submit to according to the word of God will set you up for success in, the, in this life. And if there's anything that the flesh fights, that the natural man fights, it's this submission. But it's a godly principle and it's straight from his word, teaching us who to submit to and how to submit our own will. And what a picture Jesus is of perfect submission. In the garden, just moments before the cross, when his flesh is fighting it, he knows what is right in front of him. And he's crying out to God, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, but then he says these so important words, not my will, but yours be done. What's he doing? Submitting. That's submission. When, when you take your will and you submit it to God's will, it will set you up for success. Now today she's going to get into this, this third and final element that will set you up for success. And she's talking about your service. This is so important who you are called to serve and to serve them as though you're serving the Lord, it will set you up in this life to prosper and to succeed. And I'm excited for you to hear this word today. And again, get this whole thing and listen to it again and again and again. And then go before the Lord and say, Father, give me the grace to put this into practice in my life. This is important information and you need to hear it. First Peter and this is um, chapter three. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they will without a word be won over by the, your conduct. You can win them with the way you love them. You can win them with your submission and your kindness and your meekness. I wanna tell you what that word meekness is. It's humility, but it's gentleness. It's not showy. And it's not intrusive. It's not show and tell. I'm going to show you what I think. What I got to tell you everything that I think. You know what it is? If you keep reading down, it says this. Do not let your adornment merely be outward, arranging your hair, wearing of gold, or putting on a fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. What's going on on the inside? The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. What is that gentleness and quietness? It's being unmoved, free from turmoil or agitation and untroubled. You are chill. 
Everybody say, every woman in here say this with me, I am chill. And all your husbands said, amen, amen, amen. Oh, they're singing. See, they're singing. They believe. I'm going to read it to you out of the New New Living Translation. It says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty, all these things. These are not the most important things. The heart is what he's talking about. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and they accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, called him her master. You are his daughters if you do what's right without fear of what your husbands may do. What is that saying? It's saying that submission is beautiful to God. It's a beautiful thing. Submission, that kind of heart, that kind of attitude, that kind of tenderness, that kind of calmness, that kind of chillness, that kind of unmoved, unwavering um, part of who you are, that is pleasing to God. It blesses God. And God finds it very beautiful. If you want to add, you know, people, we're always looking for the latest, greatest beauty fad, the anti-aging secret. Isn't that a funny term? Anti-aging. I mean, we're all, um, anyway, um, we're all looking for that, right? Well, this right here, submission and that tenderness and that yielding, that will make you the most beautiful. And so um, I love that. But I want to tell you something. When I walked off stage a couple of weeks ago, the Lord spoke something to me and I thought I'd share it with you this morning and wait for the right time. But I guess this is the right time because he just reminded me. But I saw this, you know, the Bible talks about where two or more are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst of us. It talks about the power of agreement, how much power there is in agreement between two people. And you know what? God has given us that when you get, when God gives you a spouse, there you go with the second part of your agreement. There you go with a person who can come alongside of you and create more dynamite power in your life. You come together and your prayers are working. You better believe you're going to see some miracles in your life. Well, these, these two, this two being in agreement, this is how God set it up. But you know, there's just as much power in disagreement just as much power in two people never agreeing with each other, never getting on the right page. And I saw this in this example that there were, it was like there was, there were marriages in the room that the husband was, they were both in, this husband and wife were in this rowboat, okay? This little boat out on the water. And the husband is paddling and he is going for it. And he is going for God. And he is endeavoring to obey God and he is rowing as much as he can with all his heart and his mind and his soul and his strength. And he's going for God and he's trying to obey God and he's trying to follow God and he's trying to be the lead and the head and lead his family and do what God told him to do and yield to the anointing on his life to be the head of the house. And then it was like in my vision, I saw the wife was in the other end of the boat, this side, rowing the opposite direction. 
And he's over here trying to row and he's trying to go and she's just pushing and she's going as hard as she can in the opposite direction, refuses to agree with him, refuses to go and yield to God, refuses to do what he's asking her to do. And it's just, it, there, there's no movement. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? You can't, it's impossible. It's in a marriage or it's in any situation in life. How can you walk together unless you be agreed? So I want to encourage you this morning. You know, this can be anything from men submitting to God. I mean, how much easier is it for your wife to submit to you when you're following God? But husbands, when you go and you submit your life to God every day and you say, Lord, Help me follow you. Help me do what you call me to do. Help me lead this family. Help me be the head of this household. And then that wife, you know, is able to come up under you and submit. Now, wives, it says here, if they won't do that, you can still win them over by your heart and your attitude. But you got to get on board with each other. You got to start rowing in the same direction. And then you're going to see power in your life. Then you're going to see prosperity. And then you're going to be a good success. This is the main key. Your submission will set you up for success. And there's one more. We're almost done. How are we doing on time here? Am I doing okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A few more minutes. Okay. Um, you're the last one will set you up for success. Your service unto God will set you up for success. It says in Psalm 35, 27, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Who has pleasure, he takes pleasure in the success of his servant. Glory to God. And I have seen God do that in my life. I've seen him do it in everyone's life that has committed fully their lives to the service, to his service. And as I thought about this, you know, there's so many passages of scripture I could go to about serving. And I wanted to just say, Lord, I said to the Lord, which one, Lord, what's the most important thing? How would you show this? And I thought it was so awesome. He took me to the passage of scripture when he washed the disciples' feet. And I want to read that to you. This is in John chapter 13. And Jesus lines up all the disciples and he begins to minister to them. They're probably wondering, what is he doing? You know, he gets out these towels, makes them take off their shoes and goes to each one of them, washing their, shoes, washing their feet. And then he gets to Simon Peter in verse six. And Peter says to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? <laughs> really? You're gonna wash my feet? Like you gotta imagine how dirty their feet were. This was actually a very beautiful act of service, a very selfless moment. And he said, are you really washing my feet? And Jesus answered and he said, what I'm doing, you don't understand now. But you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. <laughs> Can you imagine telling Jesus that? They must have been like way too good of friends. He said, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, 
If I do not wash your feet, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And I thought, you know, I've heard this scripture so many times. I've read this, I've studied it. And I thought, you know, definitely, if you don't receive the cleansing and the washing of the word of God and what Jesus has done for you, if you don't receive that revelation, you will never, ever be able to have fellowship with God. You won't have that part. You know what that part is? It's a, it's a portion. It's a share, a sharing. You won't ever have that with me. And I've always understood that. But as I saw in this picture and as I read further in this passage, I realized that Jesus was also talking about this. If you don't ever find out what this washing is and what I've done for you, to the point where you see this sacrificial service, the kind of service that is the fuel behind what I do. Jesus is saying, this is my heart to serve. I did not come to be ministered to, but to minister. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. This is what he would say. He was always looking to bless. These disciples were never going to know his heart until they saw him do something so selfless as to get on his knees in front of them and wash their dirty feet. He was saying, if you don't see this, if you don't receive this, if you don't understand my heart to serve people, if you don't see that, then you don't take part in it. You don't get to take part in these things in the kingdom. You don't get to enjoy the fullness of what, it, what I am doing, this selfless act of service. This is what real service is. And to be cleansed by Jesus so fully, to receive that, that you realize how selfless service, what it actually is, you can never participate in the work of God until you understand that. You can never be selfless and serve God until you have experienced that kind of love and that kind of service. What he was saying is, you can't take part in this with me until you get this spirit of serving, until you get the same spirit in you as that I have in me. Because I didn't come to minister or to be ministered to. I came to minister. Glory to God. And you see this, Jesus consistently through his whole life, laying down his life to serve people. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah that he was rejected of men. You know, in ministry, you're going to be rejected a lot. Get used to it. You are, in, you are taking part with Jesus. You are in that. You are, that's just part of it. But he says he was rejected of men. People didn't value him. They didn't. They despised him. They didn't value him. But yet he still, everywhere he went, what did he do? He wanted to bless and he wanted to minister and he wanted to heal and he wanted to deliver. He was so selfless. He forgot about himself. He forgot about what he wanted. He came from heaven, laid down his life. And I do want to read this last scripture to you out of Philippians chapter 2. It says in verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. What is that? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Took, he took the form of a bond servant. And coming in the likeness of men, being found as appearance of men, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross, there's submission. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue uh, and on, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Look at what happened when he became a bond servant, when he humbled himself, when he came to serve, not to be seen, not to be known. He came to glorify his God. He came to serve God and to serve people. And that service set him up for success. God highly exalted him. Talk about the greatest success of all time. God highly exalted him, gave him the name which is above every name. The name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. You know, he, it, this, this humility, this submission, you know, Jesus is all these things wrapped up in one. His, he was the seed. <laughs> I mean, he sowed his life out for us. You know, he gave his life. He was the one who submitted to God, submitted to our heavenly father, made himself a servant, gave his life. And then he was the one who served us selflessly with his life on the cross. And all these things set him up for the ultimate success. He was highly exalted and given the name above every name. And now when we confess the name of Jesus, it's so high. It's so full of success. It is just the ultimate name that everything else has to bow its knee. What uh, what a great example, the greatest example of all times of how to become a good success. Your seed will set you up for success. Your submission will set you up for success. And your service will set you up for success. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.